It is great to have you on the Family Goals Podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel House, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. This is a special recording from the Greystone Men's Conference. We had Matt Luke, former Ole Miss head coach and UGA O-line coach during the 2021 National Championship. Davey and Pastor Jay sit down and discover why he retired when he was at the top of his game. Here's his story. All right, what's up, guys? Hey, I'm, I'm excited. We got, we got a room full of men. Uh, this is a special recording of the... No, I didn't. represent the 47, I'm just saying. What do y'all think when Chad with a... John was like, you're just being a suck up. I'm like, this is... They wanted me to come in full uniform. 100%. Helmet, silver <laughs> silver britches would have yes. been dope, bro. <laughs> I was trying to get a baseball sign from you that you struck, struck out, out Brett Favre. Favre. Yeah. Ne- if, you, if you're in our church, you've yeah. never heard that story before. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to hear that one. I, would... I don't know if, if anyone has seen the, the uh, picture of the fish that I caught. Um, do we have a picture of that back in the back? Is that possible? Surely we don't, Woj. Surely you didn't bring to, it. Please tell me you didn't up. have that. Stop Oh, man. there we go. <laughs> like, you literally have that on demand. Just, it's a screensaver on his phone. This, Look, it's my fish. This is the largest fish caught ever in, in the Seacrest, uh, which is my dad's fishing vessel. So, so hey, uh, this is a live recording of the Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. We've got a special guest. Before we introduce him, um, Davey, you want to say anything? No. You know? <laughs> so why are you excited, Pastor Jay, about having Matt Luke? All right, so this is Matt Luke. On the- uh, Matt Luke. Let's give him a big hand. So Matt is actually from my hometown, Gulfport, Mississippi. He is a great, we're, we're alma mater. Go Admirals. Go Admirals. Right. Gulfport High School. He played football at Ole Miss. Go Rebels. Howdy, Tidy, gosh, mighty. Who the heck are we? Hey, Flim Flam, Bim Bam, Ole Miss, by darn. There you go. Um, and then he got into uh, coaching. And I wanted to just get you to share a little bit. Married, ha- has a couple teenage boys. Um, share a little bit about your coaching journey, your coaching story. Yeah, so to get to my coaching journey, you got to go back. For me, I, my, my brother, my dad played at Ole Miss. He met my mom at Ole Miss. And my dad ended up playing the NFL with Denver and Buffalo. And then my brother was a quarterback at Ole Miss. So I grew up, like, driving to watch him play. It's five hours from Gulfport to Oxford. So, but we grew up uh, above our TV. My dad's helmet that he played in, it sat right above the, uh, the TV with the World Book Encyclopedia. So... I'm dating myself, but it's set up there by the encyclopedias. That's like, yeah. So for the new, the young guys, it's like Google. But you, if you want to know anything, you have to <laughs> Google in a book. Yeah, yeah, a book. You, had, you had to like go to the letter, yeah. and that's that's where you like did yeah. any research for your school. But but that that I grew up. That's that's what I wanted to do. I, I, that was my dream. And so in 1995, I was a freshman. I got to live that dream. And uh, so that's that's all I've ever wanted to do was uh, was play at Ole Miss. I got a chance to do that. And um, I, you know, David Cutcliffe, who, um, who was at Duke's now working with the Southeastern Conference, um, Tommy Tuberville was my coach all four years. He left after my last regular season game and went to Auburn. Well, Coach Cutcliffe came in and coached my bowl game. And I always appreciated this because this was my first 
introduction into coaching. Um, he said, hey, I want to I wanna do what y'all do, but I, I want to call my plays, but I want to call it what y'all called it. He said, and I had Romero, Miller, and Deuce up here, and they said, I need to call Matt Luke. So we went up there at 10 o'clock one night, and we sat through there. We went through the whole game plan, and he, and he was just like, hey, what do y'all call this? And I told him. He said, well, you know any of the protections? And he said, what do you call this? And I told him. And he's like, man. He said, well, you know any of the routes? I was like, yeah. And uh, he's like, well, you're, you're a lineman. And I was like, well, yeah, I just, I've always enjoyed this. He said, well, have you ever thought about coaching after this? And uh, so... So after the game, we won that game, and uh, he let me he let me stay on and coach. Kind of the rest is history. So he started off at Ole Miss. Yep. So well, no, well, I, I was a student assistant, and then a guy by the name of Joe Panunzio, who's with the Eagles, he's about to play in the Super Bowl. Um, he he got the head job at Murray State, okay. which is in Murray, Kentucky, OVC, cradle of coaches. Um, and I had never coached before. I had never been a GA. He said, "Hey, I want you to come be my offensive line coach. I'm going to pay you twelve thousand dollars." Woo, I'm rich. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, I'm there. So that was that was my first job. It was the money. Yeah, because the, the money, money was yeah, so 12, good. Yeah, twelve thousand dollars, man. I was I was fired up. But yeah, so I went there. Then Coach Cutcliffe hired me back uh, a year later at Ole Miss. I was there uh, from so I was at Murray 2000. Went back to Ole Miss 01. She, uh, Eli was our quarterback. Uh, everything was great. Single in Oxford, Mississippi. Ended up uh, meeting my wife there. Um, Ashley, Ashley, and uh, so then I end up going. Um, oh, when did when did Ed Orgeron come to Ole Miss with your journey? When did because we have we have an LSU diehard right here, so we're gonna get to the, we're gonna. <laughs> well, all the people on the coast south of I ten, most of them migrate that way. They're just band, they're band, they're bandwagon. They just kind of they just kind of go that way. Um, so did you, you you worked with Ed O? You have you have any good? I did. So I worked. Uh, so I was with Cut there from '01 through '04. Cut was fired in 04. That was kind of my eye-opening experience. Cut had like seven straight winning seasons, had beaten Mississippi State oh, yeah. every, every yeah. year, but had one bad season, Cut gets fired. Well, the new coach is Ed Orgeron. So my first day, uh, I'm, I'm the old Miss guy. You know, my dad played there, brother played there. So in between coaches, like I'm out, like I'm out going to see Michael Orr from the blind side by myself. Like it's like, you know, Joe Paterno, Phil Fulmer, and then Matt Luke. Coming in like behind the, but I'm just I'm just trying to hold the class together. Well, uh-huh. the first night, um, Coach O he gets there. He said, "Hey, hey man, I heard, I heard you've been working really hard trying to get this uh, keep this recruiting class together." He said, Put, "Throw me in the car. We're gonna go. Where, where do you think we need to go?" I said, "We probably need to go see Michael Orr. He's a pretty good player." Good start. <laughs> and so he so he's like, "All right, let's go." So anyway, didn't I, know anything about him. I, mean, I, just, I knew nothing. We just put him in the car and we drive and we see Michael. So. It, so we're coming back, and this is like, it's an hour drive from Memphis to Oxford, one hour. And so we're, we're coming down I-55, and when you get to Batesville, where Sal Panola is, great high school program, you turn on Highway 6, and you head toward Oxford. Well, when we get on that, like, I guess we were in a gray Cadillac Escalade that he had, that he had been given. And it wasn't he was, a Hummer? No. He, well, that, that came Go- like. Google back, that later, by the yeah, way. Ed Orgeron that, Hummer commercial, if you want a good laugh. Yeah, that came two weeks later. <laughs> yeah. I, I was with him on that trip. I love that's, me a Hummer. <laughs> that's another. Go get another, you a Hummer. <laughs> another story. So we're coming, we're coming down Highway 6, and the song, the country song, Back When, I'm not sure who sings it, but there's a country song called Back When. And it was on, I'll never forget. And he turned it up, and I'm going 65 miles an hour down Highway 6, going to Oxford. He, put, he, he, he opens the passenger window, and he puts his butt 
on the passenger window. So his whole upper body is outside of the window and he's banging on top of the car with, <laughs> with both hands and just screaming, woo, woo, So he gets back in the car and his hair is everywhere, <laughs> okay? And I'm like, he said, I bet you didn't think the head coach of Ole Miss would do that, did you? And I, I was like, no. No, but he probably no, shouldn't. No, no, I did but that that was uh, that was my first introduction. Uh, yeah. But I did I, I did get to stay on as coach. Now there, I so heard a story was. about him taking his shirt off and wrestling some of the players at Ole Miss. Well, so at SC he was a special team coach and they they were the wild bunch, and so that's what the special teams you had to do. You had to get up, take your shirt off, wave it around, and one side the the team room would say special, special teams. teams didn't do that. By the way, <laughs> yeah. another thing I would say wild bunch. So different teams. That was, but yeah, that that did happen. But everybody yeah. in the room had to take your shirt off. Okay. Yep. So did you take your shirt off? I did. Everybody, everybody, everybody had to. You run around, go crazy. So that, Offensive linemen. I don't want to see. So them take one of the questions off. I want to ask ask Matt. So Matt was the head coach at Ole Miss. I mean, which is a big deal. Like. SEC head football coach. I remember when that happened. I was proud. And taking over at a, the, one of the worst times in Ole Miss football history. <laughs> like, there's not a more difficult job that you had than what Matt had. Following all the stuff that went on with Hugh Freeze and all that, it was it was it was not a, it was a very ungood situation. <laughs> so, long story short, Matt got fired, and that, that I thought it would be good to hear from you because all of us men. We've been through disappointment in our lives. Like, not everything goes how we want it to go. There's disappointments. And so how, how did you handle getting fired? Yeah, it, it was tough. I mean, that, that was the first time. My, my trajectory had always been this. I mean, from the time I started, I was always up, moving up, going here, you know, tight end coach, you know, O-line coach, offensive coordinator. Everything was always that. And, again, for me, I mean, Ole Miss was – that was it for me. Like, that was my dream. That's, dad played, mom went there, sister's a law, law school there. Like, that was it for me. My, my wife is from Oxford. Both her brothers are in town. They share a driveway. So everybody's in Oxford. My mom and dad, her mom and dad. I mean, everybody's there. And so for that to happen, that was a gut punch. Mm -hmm. that, that was one that you're like, man, it just makes you question like okay what you know what did I, what didn't I do right you know you, you just question all those things go through your head and you go through all these range of emotions like hey so you're you're disappointed you're you're mad you're you know so, so, a little bit there's a there's a, a weight relief so there's some relief there I mean it's just you go through this whole big range of emotions whenever you get but that's life like life like mm -hmm. punches in the gut and in a but in the back of my mind I didn't understand it at the time but God he had a plan like, he had a plan. Like, two weeks later, I'm sitting there sulking, and Kirby Smart calls, and he's like, hey, Matt. <laughs> he said, Sam Pittman's about to take this head job at, at Arkansas. He's like, I need you to come help me sign these plays. He didn't even mention the Sugar Bowl. They were playing Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. He's like, look, we got Cedric Van Pran, Broderick Jones, Tate Ratledge. He's like, all these guys, we have to sign them. Like, starter, I need a guy. Starter, starter. Like, I need a guy that could come in and get these. Please, I don't even care if you coach in the Sugar Bowl, which that was a lie. But he, <laughs> he, he, he was like, he's like, I just need you to come in and sign these players. Um, and I, you know, I, I didn't know what to think about it at first, but you know, I prayed about it a lot. And my my position coach in college was a guy by the name of Hugh Nall. He was a, he was a center captain of the 1980 Georgia national championship team, and he was like Matt. He's like, I think you need to do this. He said, I think if you go there and you pour your heart and think you're going to win a national championship there. 
And lo and behold, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. But, but I just, it's just funny. And now, now I'm in Watkinsville, and family's happy. They love it. And boys are happy. Wife's happy. I'm happy. It's just been a, um, it's been a unique journey. But at that time, I didn't see that plan. And I think sometimes as men, we're all proud. And when things don't go exactly the way we want it to go, like all we think about is right now. Um, but we don't see the, the big picture. Mm -hmm. and, um, and fortunately, now I can look back and see the big picture and realize that, uh, you know, God did have a plan. Hmm. When, you, uh, when you met with Kirby, did you, uh, did you drive him and he take his shirt off and bang <laughs> on the roof or anything? Or was... No, we actually flew in a helicopter. So, oh. uh, so that's a... Get you a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Forget the homo. Yeah, we flew in a helicopter. So, so, so you come to Georgia and um, had the privilege to get to know Matt right away. His, his son... Harrison is the same age as my son, and, and right away he started playing on our youth league football team, and, and Harrison's a different kid, so driven, so cool, great kid. Um, you start to make, make roots, even though you're all your family's from Mississippi. You just said that. Your parents, everybody's back home in Mississippi. Um, last year, you know, it had to been, you, you made a decision. You made a big decision for your family. So I don't know if you all know this or not, but Matt, they win a national championship at Georgia. He's the offensive line coach. There's a big reason that happened. Those kids he recruited, there's a big reason they were successful. And then last year after the national championship, Matt decided to, to walk away from football. And he's not going to tell you this, but I'll, I'll tell you this. You're talking about being at the top of the top. Like everybody who coaches wants to coach at a major university. Everybody wants to win a national title. Everybody wants to make big money. Everybody wants to have that status. Everybody wants to have something that you respect that much as a G on your chest. And you got all that, and you're up here at the top of your game doing this big things, and why the heck would you, why the heck would you walk away? Why, why would you do that? Yeah, you know, so my oldest is 14, and my youngest is 11. And I didn't want to have any regrets about being there to see them all the way through, like, like what's my most important job? To be a husband and a father, and, and, I, and, and again, I, I had several conversations with Kirby, and Kirby was unbelievable. Like, his youngest son and my youngest son are on the same teams. We would drive to games together. He would let, he would let us go, you know, as much as we could. Like, that, that's the side that Kirby, a lot of people don't know. Like, he, I mean, he's a great dad. He's, I mean, and, and he, he's a, he does work hard. I mean, he does recruit hard. Like, like, all that is true, but he's got another side to him. So it wasn't, it wasn't unique to Georgia or unique to Kirby. This, was, this is unique to college football. And, and I think the most important thing I could tell anybody is, like, time. Like, where you spend your time, that's, that's what's important to you. And... I just felt like I needed to, to be there more for, for my kids. And, and the more I thought about it, the, the one reason that, that I kept coming back to to do it was money. And uh, I'm not standing on a soapbox because I was very fortunate. When I was fired as the head coach at Ole Miss, I had a pretty good buyout. Um, but that, all the stuff that I went through, it, it, it set me up for where I am now and get, gave me the opportunity to, to try to give back to my family, try to be there for my family, to try to take my kids to school, to, to be there at their games, not run up there for the fourth quarter, let them see me, then get, run back. Um, you know, I, and, and so I, I've, uh, it, it's, been, it's been a tremendous blessing. There's been some ups and downs. This has been an interesting year for me because all I've ever done is coach ball for 25 years. That's, that's all I've done. 
So trying to find my way, you know, how am I going to help my wife uh, not get in the way, but try to help? He gave me some, you know, David gave me some great advice when I, when I first started doing this. But, but overall, it's been, a, um, it's been a phenomenal year. And I, I don't know what the future holds, uh, you know, for me, but I, I, I do feel like um, right now, super happy where I can, uh, you know, we're plugged into a church home. My kids have a small group. Uh, I'm at church every every Sunday, and just just little things where I feel like I can make an example. And uh, I really felt like I always said this: my dad, he didn't tell me how to live; he showed me how to live and let me watch him. And I think that's I think that's very very important. And I think our kids are watching how we treat our wives. I think they're watching how we treat other people. I think they're watching what we're eating and what we're drinking. I think uh, that they're very very perceptive. And um, you know, and I just think with all the things going on with social media, um, I, I just think I've been able to make a bigger impact in my kid's life this way. When, when was the moment you knew, like uh, Coop at, uh, at Universal or wherever you were at, like, did, did you have, what was the moment you knew, like, dude, I, I again, y'all tell me, you're, you're making, you know, coaches at Georgia, their salaries are public, he's making bank, bro, like, he's making good money, like, Making good money, like I said, got all the fame, but, you know, doing a, a fun thing to get to enjoy. Like, I think what, what, we do, what we do is justify. That's what, I, that's what I've done in my life. Now I'm going, oh, yeah, well, I, I, get, I get the off season with them a little bit. Like, I, I get to do this with them a little, but I'm providing. I'm providing for them, right? I think that's what I, that's what, that's what I hear a lot of people. Um, I'm providing for them. I'm providing for them. But, but you're still missing things. Like, that's, that's the decision everybody's got to make, and everybody's got to decide whether economic threshold is, but we make, a, we make a shoot ton of excuses of we need to do X, we need to do Y. Like, I gotta provide. And in the name of providing, we sacrifice. In the name of providing, we sacrifice time. We sacrifice time with our wife. We sacrifice time for all you parents. You ain't getting back. You're not getting it back. You are not gonna, you, you can make money all day long. You can make money when you're older. Like, you can, you can absolutely or pursue whatever you want to pursue and be gone as much as you want when you get older. Like, all y'all that have kids, we got that one short window, and it's gone. It's gone, and it's not coming back. And your influence will never be as good, and your relationship will never be as good. So, like, you knew that because I, I talked to him about it so many times, but, but that moment when you knew it and pulling the trigger, like, I remember talking to you last February when you made that decision, like, I mean, what was the moment? What was the... I, you know, and again, there was, a, there was a lot of things that led up to it, but the one you were talking about, it was July 20th. Um, he knows the date. So July 20th, it was my youngest son's birthday. Um, and it, a lot of things happened on July 20th. July 20th was when I was called in the office in 2017. They told me they were going to let Hugh Freeze go. And they wanted me to be the interim coach. So like... That happened on Cooper's birthday. I had to leave McDonald's. It was a really nice McDonald's, like a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, you know, one with a playground. You know, this is Mrs. You know, we're in Oxford. So Were you eating? A, no, this was a birthday party for, okay. for him. So you didn't I had, eat at McDonald's? I, uh, no, well, well, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. But th that was his birthday party, so I had to leave there. And so, anyway, Harrison has a baseball tournament in Orlando, but it's Cooper's birthday, so I take him, and we're at um, Universal Studios. And we're in line, and... So they just, it just came out that we could give tickets to recruits for a um, neutral site game. We are playing Clemson to open the season. And it just came out we can give tickets to a neutral site game. So immediately, I'm on the phone trying to get all these prospects to come to the Clemson game. 
and I'm on the phone, and I'm, I can't remember who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to a recruit, and I'm saying, hey, you know, we got to get you to come here because you're competing against there might have been two or three other games going on, and you want them to come to the, the Georgia-Clemson game. And so, and, and we're, we're getting up right to the ride, and this Harry Potter ride, it was forever, and we're getting up there, and I'm on the phone, and, 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 and Cooper's like, Dad, it's time to get on. I'm like, hold on, hold on, I'm on the phone. And I was like, this, that ain't right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this is his birthday, and I'm in line at a Harry Potter ride with, with my son, and I'm sitting there doing recruiting calls. And I was just like, I was like that's not right. And David sent me a text uh, the other, other day about cell phones. He's like, cell phones, they already, they already took up your alarm clock, and they already, you know, take up your calendar. They are, don't let them take up your family, too. I mean, because how many times will you be sitting there on your couch or on your sofa just staring at your phone and your kids are over there doing the same thing on their iPad when there's so many other things that you could be doing. Um, you know, just like, and my, my youngest son, Cooper, he, he had missed three or four free throws. I picked him up off the, off the uh, bus the other day and they just, they just lost the championship but immediately we went to Oconee Veterans Park and we shot free throws for 30 minutes for his next game and then he, ma- he, he made two of, like, two of four but he made some. And that was a huge, I mean, that was a huge deal. He was so happy, and it, it all happened because I would have never got to experience that. Never would have, mm-hmm. never would have known that. And, and again, I don't know what you can or you can't do, but if you have that opportunity and you have a choice, choose, you know, choose the kids over the phone. You know, choose mm-hmm. your wife over your phone. Choose, just try to, um, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm in a small group that challenged me to put my phone in the bathroom and wake up to a normal alarm clock. Which that seemed pretty simple, but I haven't done it yet. Yeah, uh, you know, um, and, but like it just seems like something that's yeah. so simple that um, you know. But I, I just think I just think the more I think the the moral of it is time, like where you spend time, where you spend your time. I think it's really really important. Well, let me ask you this, Matt. So we have a ton of Georgia football fans here. So, uh, Go dogs! So, do you have any regrets that you weren't a part of that national championship? This past year, that's a that's a good question. Um, but yeah, I do. Um, so and and Ashley and I, we we we, had, we were talking about, do we want to go out to the game? And we ended up not going. Um, and we we stayed and watched it on TV. And it was a little bit of a weird feeling because they're celebrating and the confetti's falling down, and you're sitting on the couch watching. Um, and I think that part I missed. But all the little things that go on behind the scenes that lead up to that. I didn't, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, all the times the, um, that I was picking my kids up from school, taking them to school, at the practices, um, but there, there are, there were some, you know, ups and downs, and there was some, there was some times where like, man, I wish I could have done that, mm-hmm. but all the things that led up to it, mm-hmm. I think the, the positives for me yeah. outweighed the negatives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the theme of tonight is fight night, and so we're talking about uh, fighting for our marriages and fighting for our kids and, and fighting for our families. And I appreciate Matt just being so vulnerable and, and sharing his story and the example that he is for us. So can we, can we give Matt a big hand? Appreciate him. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. What a decision. Looking from the outside in, this decision makes no sense. Matt was at the pinnacle of college football, but he made the choice to be more present with his kids and with his family. What an example he's setting, not just for his family, but for everyone here listening. Like Davey was saying, we sacrifice our time with our family to make more money or to provide for our family, but is it really worth it? 
How are you providing time with your family? How are you providing spiritually for your family? Could you be spending more time investing into your marriage? I challenge you to take a look at your life and make sure that you're investing into your family and not just providing. If you found this episode helpful or encouraging or entertaining, please let us know by subscribing to the podcast or by writing a review. You can also reach us at Instagram and Twitter at Family Goals Pod. Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals Podcast, and we'll catch you next week.